Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Hi, welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here again with one of our inclusion consultants, Priscilla Weigel. Welcome, Priscilla. Glad to be here, Cindy. And we are so excited to have a guest with us today, and Priscilla is going to introduce her. And we're very excited to start a series on young children uh, and autism spectrum disorders. So I'm going to let Priscilla take it away right now. Great. Well, we're thrilled to have Pat Police here with us, and she is the Director of Autism Services for Fraser. And um, we've worked together for over 25 years, and um, she's just a wonderful expert on children with autism, and just she does a lot um, with coordination of services over at Fraser Child and Family Center. And we're thrilled to have you here, Pat. So we thought we'd start, um, Pat and Priscilla, with talking about children with autism and, and maybe looking at, first of all, what autism really is for our, the people who are listening, kind of to get a better understanding uh, about it and, and maybe some of the major sort of elements or characteristics that might be seen in, uh, in autism or a child with autism. Sure. So autism is a neurological developmental disorder of unknown cause. So when we start with that definition, we're really um, identifying that there's no medical test. You can't do a blood test. You can't go into a clinic and do a quick 10 questions and you have it or you don't. It's really a spectrum disorder, and it's because it's a spectrum disorder, we see such a wide variety, and it's very confusing for um, really the community at large to identify does a child have it or don't they have it, especially in the very young years. Mm -hmm. But there are some basic core features. One is that there are some difficulties in communication, difficulties in interaction, and also difficulties with behavior and play. And what that looks like may be very different from one child to another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular age that's too young or or do we really know? Is is there a cutoff or, or anything like that? That's a great question because we know early intervention is so important. We want to get in there as early as we can. So when we look at tests for autism, which are um, standardized tests, meaning that they've been tested through trial and error on a huge population of children that might have autism, we know that it's pretty difficult to diagnose below 18 months. And I think that's probably good. I think to focus on a label or a diagnosis and set and suggest that we need to do one certain thing, uh, maybe not be in the child's best interest. So um, 18 months, we can say with some um, assurance that perhaps if we identify characteristics, those are going to continue through development. However, under 18 months, it's very difficult, but we can rely on specific behaviors. And I think we can even think about children in general. We know that if parents are concerned about children, it's important to address those concerns, mm -hmm. no matter if there's a label or not. So I think we take the premise with very young children that there tends to be a category of behaviors that we might be concerned about. Um, but we don't need a label to do something about it, and that's, that's what's true. important. Exactly. That's really good point. And I think that um, in our work just in the Center for Inclusive Child Care and being work, working closely with early childhood providers, they're seeing a lot more 
of the kind of hallmark characteristics of children with autism, it seems in their settings we're having, you know, a lot of calls about concerning behaviors and that type of thing. Um, and are you feeling like I know, you know, the waiting list is long, and yes. it's it's a challenge to try to get kids in to try to reach that diagnosis once they get to that age of. Sure, we also see. Um, that there's a greater incidence of siblings. So if there's a family that already has a child with autism, you can imagine the concern of the parent is just elevated. Sure. Uh, they don't have a template for what's uh, typical, and so right from the start, they have questions in the back of their mind. Mm -hmm. And again, we know that when parents are worried, that translates down into uh, the feeling of worried for very young children, and all the excitement about brain and behavior research suggests that again, uh, we don't have to go into an evaluation with an outcome of diagnosis. It's really, let's address the concerns and what do we do about it. Mm -hmm. So we see about one child a week that's uh, under 18 months in our clinic, and we've seen children mm -hmm. as young as three months of age. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, and again, that's maybe rare. somebody brought up autism. We're not going to go there, and we're very clear, you know, it's not in the child's best interest, but we can talk about here's a child who's not. Uh, looking and showing that reciprocity and engagement like we would expect and mm -hmm. that occurs really from very early sure. on so there are behaviors that we can look at and if they're off track we can begin to look at um, we may not understand why they're off track but we can tweak some things so that parents and children can interact and actually change that developmental trajectory in a way that's going to be good for any child. Mm -hmm. Oh that's really encouraging right. actually. Very exciting. So you talked about there's not like a test really but if if a parent came in and they'd been referred either by maybe their school district or their pediatrician or they just sort of had been on the internet which I think probably mm -hmm. might be the case for a lot of parents and they were reading up on some different behaviors they were seeing in their child or or however they came to Frazier for instance what what how would you approach a child to see whether or not maybe this was a diagnosis that fit some of the things the parent was seeing or if in fact maybe they should go a different direction in, in what they're looking at. Sure, we're going to do a whole host of things and like with any young child it's uh, not just behavior or development in isolation it is collecting information so that we can ha understand the whole picture, um, understand when the behavior, the pattern of the behavior, what the parent's concerned about. So the kinds of things that we would do uh, upon seeing a family would be uh, definitely to collect a, uh, a lot of history. Uh, what was this child like from birth? What were some circumstances that worried the parent? Um, how do they, uh, how's mom concerned, how's dad uh, or guardian or caretaker, who's involved, who knows this child and collect all of that information. Um, we might want to hear from the daycare provider as well because children can respond very differently depending on, upon the setting. We might need to do some observation. So there are some things to collect that are beyond really what happens in the clinic that are really important to uh, consider. Then uh, in the clinic there are some things that we would do as well. There is a, a test called the Autism Diagnostic Observation Scale, the ADOS, and that's commonly used in school settings as well as in clinic settings. And for children um, age two and up, this is a 
um, standardized tests that we can use to look at behaviors to see what the likelihood is that the child might show behaviors consistent with the population of children that have autism mm -hmm. spectrum behavior. So these are play activities, or they call them presses, that we put the child through that are, they look like play, but we're looking at how does that child make eye contact, how do they use language to get their wants and needs met, what do they do when they don't know what to do, how do they problem solve, if they get upset, how do they calm, and it's things that we can observe in the context of play, but it gives us a standardized tool to be looking at that. In addition to that, we also need to look at where are their skills compared to other children their age. And so using a standardized developmental test like the Bailey Scales of Infant Development, if you've heard of that, or the Mullen um, is another test. There's a whole host of tests that we can use to uh, look at. Is the child using words uh, consistent with their uh, chronological age? Are they moving like we expect them to? Are they understanding language? Are they problem solving? Because we need to look at the child in the context of where their skills are. So if a child is four, but they're functioning more like a two-year-old, we have to see their behaviors in terms of a two-year-old uh, mm -hmm. rather than a four-year-old. So there is some complexity. You need yes, somebody sure. that really knows development well. And then there are all kinds of surveys. We can have parent, uh, parents answer questionnaires, and depending on how they answer, we know that their concerns are either um, in the average range or they're out of the ordinary. So all kids have tantrums and mm -hmm. have upsets and are difficult to calm once in a while, but if it happens all the time, then we start to look at um, no wonder it's frustrating and challenging to parent this particular child. How are we going to address that? Mm -hmm. So it's all of those measures using language measures, using uh, cognitive development measures, using behavior measures, getting history. It's a whole, it's like putting a puzzle together. Mm -hmm. And um, to add on top of all of that, not to make it any more complex, is that children can appear differently depending on the day, depending sure. on the week. And so this whole piece of child development, we need to understand that an evaluation is just one point in time. So we probably are going to be in contact with that family over time. And if there's any question, does this fit or doesn't fit, we're going to say, well, let's start with this. I'm not sure it fits, but come back mm -hmm. in a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, some cases might be very clear and they fit all the criteria. We do look at criteria that are in a manual that talks about autism. Um, and we can go down the criteria, and if the child fits, we use the uh, diagnosis, and it allows us to get funding. If it doesn't fit, um, we look at some other options. But really, in the end, it's what is the parent concerned about, what are the behaviors that are showing, and then how can we address and change that developmental trajectory. Mm. And I think, you know, as an observer of the process over the years, one thing that is a huge piece that I think that you really focus on is the support of those those parents and that family and to give them an opportunity to be heard and to share their concerns and just really kind of envelop them with this support system right away at that co first connecting meeting I think just we understand we're going to help you find the answers. It's so true. I, I, you can think about this. I mean, the word autism is very overwhelming, but it boils down to some behaviors, and really it's not the autism that defines the child. That's only one part of them, just like they have 
brown hair or mm -hmm. um, uh, large feet or however sure. you might describe a child. And actually, um, autism, those behaviors are part of typical development, and they aren't always interfering. And so to suggest all children have the same amount going on, um, actually some children aren't impacted all that well, and they actually get some gifts from that autism, sure. like a memory that's beyond what I will ever have. Sure. And so to be able to say, you came in here, and I know you're concerned about autism, but what is the piece that's really impacting your day-to-day -day life? And if it's um, around the supper table because the child is not able to sit in their chair or because they have feeding issues, let's address that. Let's give something that can make your life easier and let's make it not such a frustrating experience because that's what's important really about mm -hmm. um, child development. Exactly. This is so interesting, Pat, and we appreciate you so much being here. Uh, one, just to wrap up, um, I think what's really important for our listeners also in hearing all this is not just to broaden their perspective and in their understanding of autism, but also just to understand the complexity of a diagnosis so that people aren't so quick to say, I think this child has autism, and I mm -hmm. think that's a really important point that you're making. We'd like to invite you back to continue this discussion around children with autism for our podcast, if you're willing. Great, I'd love to. Okay, great. So uh, we will conclude this podcast, and we'll be back for part two soon. Thank you both. That's all for now. See you next time.